Because that could be a way to do it too if you wanted to. But if, I mean, if Nate doesn't have it, then uh, I guess not. But, you know. That just means Nate can't raise his hand. <laughs> yeah, that means <laughs> we always get it right. <laughs> That'll be the great equalizer. All right, give me a second to pull up the uh, document with the rules. That's weird because I've I've been in meetings where raise hand has been an option. It's just not it's not here for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> specific to the one fall show that you're not allowed to raise. <laughs> uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> At least you didn't do it during the show this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Show hasn't started yet. Right into the middle of my right spiel. in the middle of the mic, <laughs> <laughs> like a broadcast professional. Oh, that's funny. Uh, right there. All right, <laughs> everybody, get it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I don't. I don't have tea. Give me two seconds. I believe Nate is still just pounding everybody. Phrasing. I was just going to say, I'm like, whoa. Uh, yeah, Nate continues to pound. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. <laughs> this is the saddest episode of the show ever. <laughs> Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, after that finger point of doom of a round... We have Nate with six points, and Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, I took away the pressure, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. My name is Chuck Bean for a show that is part wrestling discussion from the news of the week and part game show. Typically, I am joined by Miss Erica Banas, but she is off this week and has assured me that uh, my math skills will be sufficient for this week's One Fall Show. Joined by three panelists as we talk about the news that happened this week, starting with one half of the Sunshine Buddies and part of the JV Sports Pod. It is Mr. Justin Valentine. So number one is JV Sports Talk pay-per-view pod. I know you don't like me bringing up my podcast, Chuck. Hey, no, don't gonna, plug your podcast on this but, podcast. But if you're going to plug it, you got to plug it right. Just throwing that one out there. Number two, I'm always a little worried when Eric is not here because of you, Chuck. So please prove me wrong today. All right. I love I you, hope, though. Either way. I, I hope you boned up on your 90s one-hit wonder alternative band. That is <laughs> Uh, that is all we're going to be talking about this week. Also joining us is a guy who streams a whole bunch of Final Fantasy over on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio. That's Mr. Nate Bender. Hey, I am back. And, you know, the, the loss that I suffered two weeks ago, I, I have it on good authority that I there was a screw job bigger than Montreal that week. OK, and <laughs> okay. I I have the proof. To be able to prove it next week, I will present that proof. Okay. All I want right. everyone here to be able to uh to to witness it. And with Erica not here, I I, I feel like I, I I can't present it just yet. But next week, next week. All right. The exact level of hostility I was expecting from the turn <laughs> of Mr. Nate Bender. We are also joined by our two-week champ. The $20 man, or is it $22 man? I'm not sure. It's Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. It's good to be the champion. It's 
Good to see Justin. You did an excellent pay-per-view pod this week. I really enjoyed it. I hope people hear that before the uh, before the event tonight. And thank you, sir. Um, Nate's here too. So great. <laughs> Yes, yes, he is. All right, so our show consists of uh, three rounds, each uh, consisting of three questions, and those questions worth one point and two point, two points and three points, respectively, followed by a final fall round, which can swing the game in any direction. As always, we will start with the champ, which is Mr. Shawnee Constant, and uh, the category we'll be beginning with is the Wednesday Night War of NXT and AEW. Shawnee, are you ready? Ready as I'm going to be, sir. All right, sounds good. So uh, round this time last week was NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. It provided a card where every match was an absolute banger, but the biggest headline were taken by a group that weren't even scheduled to appear. What hashtag did Pat McAfee have trending after Adam Cole turned on Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor as the show went off the air? Hmm... Hmm. You got five, so I'll start with one, two, hmm. three, four, and that's a five count. Do you have an answer for me, Shawnee? No, I just wanted to see if you could count to five, Chuck. This is the first <laughs> time we've seen you do it. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. We'll move on to uh, Mr. Nate Bender. Nate, what was the hashtag that Pat McAfee had uh, trending after NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day last weekend? Hashtag Pat was right. Yes, and you as well are right for one point there. Let's talk about Vengeance Day. Did you guys see it? Did you guys like it? What were the ups and downs as far as you are concerned? Yeah, um, I thought that this was a, a pretty decent show. There was stuff that I liked. Uh, there was stuff that I didn't. Um, I really liked Dakota Kai and uh, Raquel Gonzalez going over for the uh, Dusty Women's Tag Team because now their interaction with Shayna Baszler and uh, Nia Jax on the show this week um, I, I really like the way that this is building Dakota Kai and um, and Shayna Baszler have a ton of history together. Raquel Gonzalez is such a good worker. I want to see her work with Shayna Baszler. Unfortunately, Nia Jax is there, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be good. What I hope is that this is going to be the women's tag team that is primed to come in and and make their main roster debut. Uh, Dakota Kai has been in NXT for positively forever. Raquel yeah. Gonzalez is a beast. Get her on the main roster. And yeah. let's actually like pick up the momentum of the women's tag team division because the thing that they're doing right now where it's it, the tag team championship is, you know, linked inexorably with the, whichever women's title too. Uh, it, it does not it, like there was once upon a time where it was serving a purpose and it was good with banks and, uh, and, and Bailey, but now like it is, it's a prop, like the women's tag belt is a prop and I want to see them move up and I want to see, uh, Casey Catanzaro and, uh, Caden Carter move up as well. I, I just, I would want, I want to see more out of the women's tag division. Yeah, I mean, and I think I agree with you that Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez are the ones that could do that. And for not even just for them, but for the tag team division as a whole, get legitimate tag teams up there. Like, yeah, Dakota Kai's been uh, in NXT forever. Raquel Gonzalez is ready. But for me, I just want legitimate tag teams 
on the main roster in the yeah. women's tag divisions to get it away from the women's title. Uh, as for that last, uh, the ending, I should say, that last moment with Adam Cole, no doubt a shock, no doubt going to be good, but for in my mind, needs to be his final storyline in NXT. Yeah. Uh, he's got his eyes on the NXT title. Don't put that title back on him, but of course, it's in the picture. I get it. It's going to be part of the story. Uh, give me a triple threat with Finn, O'Reilly, and Cole. Give me Cole and O'Reilly one-on-one for a little bit, and then Adam Cole needs to decide to either go to the main roster or go to AEW, whichever he prefers. Didn't watch it, Chuck. Okay. <laughs> you know, that, that ending is obviously the thing that everyone is talking about. And I think it's time. Like, I think it's time for Adam Cole to kind of move on from the Undisputed Era. It's probably time for that faction to break up. It's been, what, four years at this point? It's It's been a while. And they've been very dominant. They've been booked very well. Their storylines have been very good. So it's time to, to watch them explode. And I'm actually kind of excited for that so nate do you think that nxt is better now than it was three or six months ago or is it sort of holding steady no it's it's plateaued at a point where i I, listen i don't want to watch the program week to week i think i think the pro the actual tv show is really boring and not much happens and I love watching the takeovers because it's a flurry of let's move everything forward. You know, that that Gargano and Kushida match was actually amazing. And I normally do not like Gargano. So the takeovers are always worth watching. It's the television show that I think presents the real problems in the core storytelling here. Hunter obviously knows what he's doing and knows how to build a pay-per-view and knows how to execute a pay-per-view. It's just about uh, half to three quarters of the show is dull and, and stuff that I really don't care about. Like Dexter Loomis kidnapping, uh what's his face i don't care yeah i just i don't care about that i i mean i i'm not a particularly big fan of the way and that faction um but i i have always liked the undisputed era and it's they've kind of been in this weird thing where they're like kind of baby faces but not and if they weren't going to fully commit to going baby face they needed to just break them up well and my problem with NXT and what's why they're suffering when it comes to the week to week is their roster is full of people who have been there forever and then people who get called up way too soon. Yes. And you got guys like Keith Lee, Damian Priest, who don't get a full NXT run, don't get a full NXT title run. Uh, and, and that's why, even though I agree with Dakota Khan, Raquel Gonzalez, and even Carter and Kat and Zero going up, Again, we're ju- a, the process used to be we bring a couple people in and then we push a c- couple people up. The process that went over the last year has been, for some reason, guys like Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano, we're not touching, but Keith Lee, Damian Priest, we're going to force them up and we're not bringing anyone else in in that in the meantime. So I, that I'm back and forth. One thing, one other thing before we move on, MSK has Street Profit New Day level potential when it comes to being entertaining in uh, WWE. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't think they were going to win because I didn't think the Grizzled Young Veterans would lose for a second straight year in the finals, but I'm glad they did win, and uh, they're going to be good for years to come as long as they can stay healthy. I just I, I need them with a gimmick that, that sort of separates themselves from, like, the Accolade and the Street Profits and Private Party, who all just very have a, have like a very similar sort of gimmick. And 
you know, like I, I get it. You're party guys, but like what else defines you? You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I think that they've got an opportunity with MSK um, to kind of break them out of the, the mold of the young rascals. Obviously they're using a lot of the same moveset and this, and the talent is there. They're very, very good. Um, just let's, let's maybe try to get them on a bit of a different gimmick. All right, moving on to our second question. Let's talk about AEW. As this week's Dynamite went off the air, what first-of-its-kind match for AEW was announced between Moxley and Omega at Revolution? For two points, Nate. That is the exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Terry Funk actually saying on Twitter that he thinks this might give Vince the kick in the ass he needs and uh, given basically given his blessing to this match where do you guys fall on the exploding barbed wire death match uh it, okay so i've seen a lot of the new japan tapes right or not J new japan but the J japanese tapes of the exploding barbed wire death matches sure i don't know that this is gonna go over in the same way in north america maybe it will in 2021 because enough people have had context for what that sort of match is which is really just a hardcore match with pyrotechnics. You know, this is going to be round three for Omega and Moxley. And the first two weren't that good. And one of them had, a you know, a, a trampoline frame with barbed wire on it. I don't know, man. I, I it, like of the Moxley Omega matches. I have not liked any of them. So I'm not expecting to like this. I'm a little bit surprised that this is the direction that they went for revolution. I really hope that this is the blow off, man. It could be good, but I doubt it. It's for me, this is make or break for AEW when it comes early on. I should say when it comes to this storyline and everything, this needs to look good. This needs to be good. Right, because this is a hundred percent like Nate mentioned, the Japanese influence coming in on AEW with their uh, relationship with New Japan and so on and so forth. That this match needs to be executed great. This needs to look legit. This needs to be an intense match. It cannot be in any way. We know wrestling's fake, kayfabe, motherfucker. It can't look stupid. It can't. Okay? Be, it can't be that fucking bunkhouse uh fucking hardcore match that they had like right. uh you know five months ago or whatever that was it, fucking horrible it needs to look legit it needs yeah. to look good if it does this is you know terry funk said kicking the ass to vince this is a kick in the ass to wwe yet again but a match like this if it's not executed well will look and be really stupid and those are two of your top guys looking really stupid in the main event of a pay-per-view that you don't have every month so these pay-per-views have higher expectations than other wrestling pay-per-views so if this match looks that stupid with two of your top guys um one of your few pay-per-views that th that could hurt aew tremendously early on i like that we got justin's first kayfabe motherfucker on this episode <laughs> on myself too on himself yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm torn on this because I'm not a deathmatch guy, but if you're pulling something like this out of the uh, annals of history, you have to like nail it, right? Like you have to put on the best barbed wire deathmatch ever. And can you do that on a big stage in sort of a mainstream fashion in 2021? I don't know. So I feel like 
if this match is going to work, it's going to be a match that is going to give me the crawls. Like I'm not going to be into it. Right. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting, but I mean, for AEW's sake, you can't do it. You can't do it halfway. You can't call it a barbed wire exploding, exploding barbed wire death match, and then have sort of a, a softer version of that. Mm-hmm. Yet. I don't really want to see exploding barbed wire death matches personally. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's move on to our third and final question in our Wednesday Night War. Nate, you've got an opportunity for three points here as we continue to talk about AEW and their Women's Eliminator Tournament. After winning the first round match this week, the returning Riho locked in a semifinals match on the U.S. side of the Women's Eliminator Tournament against Thunder Rosa. While on the Japan side of the brackets, both semifinals matches have been set. For one point, name up to three of the competitors in the Japan semifinals for the Women's Elimination Tournament. Okay. All right. We've got Emi Sakura. No word on whether or not she's bringing the Freddie Mercury mustache. Okay. Um, Maki Ito went down to Rio. Uh, what is it? Mizu, Mizunami? That's correct. Um, and that's kind of disappointing. The goddess of shit and piss, the whatever. Uh, and Aja Kong, the beast. Um, the, the fourth name also, uh, Yuka Sakazaki, is, uh, is advancing as well. Yeah, correct. Uh, where do you guys stand as far as this women's elimination uh, eliminator tournament? It's interesting that they put the Japanese ones on YouTube for everyone to watch instead of uh, featuring them on the AEW programming. I am so pissed at you guys because you you basically had to tell that this was eventually going to be a question so i've been paying attention to it and this <laughs> shit sucks oh, this shit no. sucks it uh, like the youtube stuff from japan it looks like it's recorded in a warehouse the the production looks really really bad if i was aew i'd kind of be embarrassed to have this on my youtube channel not even on my television i would yeah. be embarrassed to have it on my youtube channel it's that bad Um, the matches themselves, uh, listen, for all of the hype that Maki Ito got, I hated that match so much. And I'm really glad that I actually don't have to watch her moving forward. Um, Aja Kong, that was a squash match snooze fest. Uh, you know, I don't know. I I don't know what I'm supposed to think of it. Uh, I, I, Emmy Sakura was kind of a joke when she was in AEW doing the Freddie Mercury thing. Um, yeah, I, I just, ugh, I'm not, I'm not impressed. Yeah. The whole setup of this is weird. Uh, like Nate mentioned, I think it's just weird in general to have half of it on YouTube and half of it on the show, whatever you want to say, the quality is not great. The build for it is weird. Uh, all of it for a tournament, right. For a tournament for, you know, that's going to, you know, lead to a women's title, you know, angle and such. It's not really getting hyped up the way I think it should be on the show. Uh, you know, even the matches, whether or not the matches itself are good, it seems just like a normal women's match. It doesn't have to me uh, the hype around it of who, you know, who's going to advance in the tournament, so on and so forth, you know, looking at the constantly looking at the bracket, whatever. I haven't seen a bracket. They just keep putting up each individual match. Show me a bracket. You know what I mean? Show me a bracket to see who can face who. And so give us that tournament hype. They don't have any of that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange build that doesn't have me any extra interested in it. I did think that the um, the women's match in the first hour of AEW this week stole the show. I thought it was absolutely it was good. incredible. Yeah, so good. Uh, 
specifically the Japanese uh, um, segment of the tournament. Very interesting. I, I don't disagree with Nate. It was very, very sparse. Uh, having no, no images on the ring apron, I thought hurt a lot because you yes. said these large blue panels. Um, but yeah, the, is it the Joshi style? Is that correct? It's yes. It's very theatrical, right? Like it's sort of a mix of professional wrestling and and uh, almost a stage show. And it's it's I enjoyed watching it because it is so different, but I did not embrace it like I do. Uh, well, the Christina Deeb and uh, and, and um, um, Riho Riho match. Thank you, sir. Uh, it, it, it's, it's it is very different. Now, I, I didn't I wasn't repulsed by it. I did sit and watch the tournament on YouTube, and I think that I would like to see more. I did like to see how excited people on Twitter were for it. There is definitely a segment of the audience that really, really enjoys it. And I appreciate that. And it's something that I think I can grow to appreciate more, but it is, it's very different and having it introduced in this way, I can see where it creates this, the schism that we're seeing um, with Nate's opinion, for example, it, it's not unfounded, but I did enjoy it. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you guys this, like genuinely who on the Japan side of the tournament, do you want to see in a pay-per-view match against, you know, say either Thunder Rosa or Riho or whoever, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what this is building towards. And if the name isn't Aja Kong, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know where we're going with this. Aja Kong is the only one out of there that's a legitimate threat whose match that I could take even remotely seriously. It was just two and a half minutes. Um, you know, I, I I don't know who I want to see at Revolution if Aja Kong isn't that name. Yeah. I yeah, will say the, the woman who defeated Maki Ito, for whatever reason, reminded me of Greg the Hammer Valentine, and that provided me some entertainment value. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I would have said Aja Kong if uh, if it's the only name that makes sense out of there. Like, is you know, if Emmy Sakura goes to Revolution, is anyone is that is that anything except a piss break match for anyone? No, okay. I mean, you know, I I like the uh, I like I like the Freddie Mercury gimmick. That's fun. All right, well, after Nate ran that entire category, picking up six points, let's move on to our second round. Justin, I'll give you an opportunity to win some points with the Thunderground Underdome of Raw and SmackDown. Hey, we- remember, remember Underground? That was fun. Yeah, wasn't that yeah. neat for like, what, well, three I, months? Shane McMahon's Shane- back. Maybe they could reunite it. When yeah, Shane maybe. McMahon came back a few weeks ago, I'm like, I swear to God, if he is here <laughs> to announce the return of Raw Underground, I am turning this off. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about what happened on Raw this Monday night. The Miz took himself out of the elimination chamber and suggested to scrap daddy Adam Pierce uh, that he replace him with former ECW champ John Morrison, who actually ended up taking his spot. Uh, Kofi Kingston. That's correct. What do you guys think of the late addition of Kofi to this year's Elimination Chamber? I, I, I'm more happy about the move of The Miz to take himself out than I am Kofi in the match. Don't get me wrong, Kofi, uh, you know, will, will give us a, you know, a more fun element to the match. You know, he can provide the cool spots that, you know, make that match what it is. But uh, The Miz had more of the story there. I do love the story of The Miz 
deciding to take himself out last minute because he's got the money in the bank briefcase. Uh, I think, you know, and I said this on my podcast, sorry, Chuck, but I think the Miz. Well, no, if you said on your podcast, you don't need don't to say, say it here. Then. Okay, fine. No, I think the Just Miz send them over to your podcast. Year, the Miz is ready for one more uh, title run. And I don't think it's right now. I honestly think he might actually blow the money in the bank briefcase, but I think by next year, WrestleMania, we might be talking about the Miz in one of the main events um, as a champion or contending for the title uh, for next year's WrestleMania. But I love the move. I love the heel move. Uh, I'm taking myself out because I'm going to watch because so I can slide in if I want to and cash in. Bring me the head of Kevin Dunn. Because I'll tell you what happened. I was watching Raw, and this stipulation came up. Here comes, you know, here's the Miz, and he suggests John Morrison, and here comes Kofi. He inserts himself. There's a break. There's a promo package on the other side of the break that features Kofi fucking Kingston (laughs) in the Elimination (laughs) Chamber promo. And then we come back. There's a little bit more of the program. And then we get to this fucking match. Hmm. I wonder who's going to win this fucking match. Kevin Dunn strikes again. Bucky goddamn fucking Beaver can't figure out how to program a fucking television show. Why is he the head of production for a multi-million dollar, multi-billion dollar company? Fuck this guy. He doesn't know how to produce TV. Fuck. Get it. God damn it. It ruined. I, I'm just, I'm watching it the entire time. I'm like, well, Kofi's gonna win. I knew that. I knew that right away. What the fuck? What a twist it would have been if he hadn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That I was, was all pre- I, listen. In. I had I had prepared myself. You know, I, I I thought maybe Kevin Dunn was really clever. Maybe maybe he put an entirely separate promo package together. Nope. No, he's not. He's a fucking <laughs> idiot. And he just he ran he ran the wrong promo. Like he, he, that promo should have been one segment after like, that's all God damn it. God damn it. (laughs) It it felt weird to me because it's why do you put him in and then pull him out the the week after? Why would you even put the money in the bank holder in the match to begin with? It all felt kind of very Monday night raw to me. Yeah. Felt very Monday night raw to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of, I, I sort of wished Retribution would would have uh, stormed the production bus again. Uh. <laughs> I kind of thought that was where that match was going. It's like, okay, Kofi loses this match because he's got a, a feud with Retribution coming up. But then, what no, happened to that? Right, yeah, it's just gone. Exactly. Yeah, well, they weren't even on the show. They were on main event. I saw there was a T-Bar Drew Gulak match on uh, main event, by the way. What are you doing watching main event? How sad is your life? Time out, time out. out. I was not (laughs) watching main event. I saw a tweet. Uh, It was someone giving Drew Gulak uh, props for a spot in that match, and it was from main event this week. I would not watch main event. You're blocking yeah, just- any sad sacks that are watching main event and reporting on it on Twitter. That that's a dead end <laughs> algorithm. Yeah. Like have you ever like search the 205 live hashtag sometime? Those are some sad people. <laughs> I'm almost upset when I check Twitter after SmackDown on Friday nights and I have to scroll through 205 live gifts. I'm like, come on. I don't yeah, care. Right. I want to see what happened on SmackDown. Yeah, right. <laughs> there are All people right. out there doing 205 live gifts. Oh, yeah. No, it's I mean, it's there. Dude, grow a life, please. Like fucking Christ. (laughs) 
Oh, you're not going to hear a lot of uh, a lot of love for 205 Live on this show. You will hear a lot of love for Impact Wrestling, though. So that's our that's our key demographic. <laughs> All right, Justin, you've got an opportunity for two more points as we continue to talk about Raw and SmackDown. Let's move on to SmackDown. Nia Jax's downward spiral continued this week on SmackDown when she took the pinfall in a six-person tag to whom? Reginald. <laughs> that's that's a thing that happened. Yep, Reginald teamed up with what was it, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, yeah. and uh, and uh, dropped Nia Jax for the pinfall. I, I I'm really I like Reginald's in ring style. It's probably yeah. his Cirque du Soleil uh, background. But um, what do you guys think, Reginald? I think it. Ha- I mean, <laughs> it's early. There's a lot to hate about it, but I'm gonna focus on the. Uh, the potential of it. Okay. If it's, if this guy's done right, uh, he could have something going on here. Cause the guy's talented. You could see it in his few times in the ring, the way he's been dodging, uh, you know, certain people and the flips and aprons and flip off the apron and all that fun stuff. Uh, I see the potential in this. Now the story itself is a little confusing because is he with Carmella or is he not with Carmella? Like it's kind of back and forth. And now all of a sudden Carmella is, you know, kind of bashing him a little bit. Now all of a sudden he wants to be with Sasha Banks. Like it's just, it's not fully told there. The story there could be good if it was fully told. I feel like we're not, they're not giving us the full story and stuff's just happening with him. So but the potential's there when it comes to his uh, athleticism. Is is there a reason that he's like the only intergender wrestler in WWE? Like, is it is it his size? Like, because uh, as far as I can tell, it's never happened outside of the 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 one or two intergender tag matches that they that they had on Facebook Live or whatever. Um, I, it's it's very odd. Like I just I don't know wh- who are they building him to be a threat for the men's division. Like if he's gonna wrestle right, and I can, I, dude, I'm with Justin. He has talent. He's fun to watch. Who who are they actually building him up as a credible threat for? Because he's the size of Leon Ruff. Like, I, I mean. If you put him in the ring with the Miz, it's going to look odd. And the Miz is not a big dude, right? So where's this going? I'm very confused. Yeah, I I don't find it to be particularly exciting. And the fact that we've gotten a spotlight on Nia for the last couple weeks has somewhat annoyed me. Um, I am just not a fan in any capacity. (laughs) And, uh, as Justin has said several times, like we need, I I wish we could get this women's division untangled, right? We have this ball of mess with the, the women's, uh, title and the tag titles and like, give me some real stories. You, you have the talent there. You can start doing some things, but boy, it sure does look like we're going to get Oscar versus, Charlotte again for the raw title, right? Like it's uh, Reginald uh, isn't, isn't interesting enough. I I, I would rather see in either and in either AEW or WWE, I'd rather see a women's division where it's women squaring up to the camera and saying, I'm going to beat my opponent's ass for this reason. That's what I want to see. I want to see, the women's professional wrestling, like I like to see the men's professional wrestling, which for the most part is without the silliness. Um, 
you know, I do love uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, but you know, he, that that's all contained within his gimmick and he's worked it all the way from, from the start, you know, that you have all these incredibly talented women and they have to deal with this Reginald nonsense. It was like the Ellsworth nonsense right. a few years ago. It's like, let yeah. the women be the warriors that professional wrestlers are, are meant to be. Yeah, for Green. sure. All right. Well, let's go on to our third and final question in the uh, smacked raw category, Justin for three points. There were heel turns galore on SmackDown this week. For one point each, name the three superstars that gave in to their bad side. Otis? That's one. I don't know if you're including Chad Gable in that, too, because he's kind of back I, and forth. I am. So that's okay, two. so Otis, Chad Gable. There was one more, wasn't there? Um, there was. One. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Two. That guy gimmick. Three. Oh, Apollo Cruz. There it is. There you go. Three points there for for our uh, our heel turns. What do you guys think of these heel turns on SmackDown? I can't imagine booing Otis. Uh, I I never liked Otis, the Otis character, um, and I don't like. I I don't think he can pull off a heel either. I don't know if he's going to be the confused heel that's just following Chad Gable's lead. I think that's the closest you could get to this being successful. But even as a heel, I don't think this guy deserves any type of push. Um, I haven't seen anything up until this point to say otherwise. Um, And Apollo Crews, it's long overdue. And I think it could still be okay but I don't think it deserves a title run either because of the way we got here. We should have seen this from Apollo over a year ago, two years ago. But the fact that we had to get three losses against Big E, clean losses for him to get here has ruined it for me. What works for heel characters is if some people can actually agree and see where they're coming from. I'm 100% on Big East side on this. Dude, I beat your ass three times. Shut up. You lost again. Right. Go to the back, right? So I don't think that works for him. I think he could pull off a heel character. He's definitely – he's built to you know have a good career in WWE, but I just don't like how long it took and the way we got there. Um, so I was, was anyone else confused by the heel turn at the end of that tag match? I don't know if it was just like the segment was too short or what, but no, uh, it was, it was a little messed up. It was, yeah, it everything was about that match was, was botchy. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, now I do think the Apollo Cruz heel turn was convincing. It was, it was an excellent, um, showing, but. I am interested in where Big E is going because he's in the first leg of his solo run. And frankly, I think it's fabulous. Uh, I'm a Big E mark. I'm a New Day mark. Um, so, you know, I certainly am biased, but I think that he is uh, he is demonstrating uh, at the level and above the level even that I would have hoped for. So whatever's happening with Apollo is sort of secondary and I don't, uh, while I think that Apollo can be an excellent heel, I don't want Big E tethered to a newly heel Apollo Cruz all the way to WrestleMania or beyond. I want right. to see Big E move on to main players who have been uh, top stars for a longer period of time because I think that Big E has, has that pedigree and deserves it and is showing that he's fully capable of putting on uh, A-plus a- promos. So that, that's my bigger concern is that 
this evolution of Apollo Crews is going to hold. It, it will raise Apollo Crews, I believe, but it shouldn't be at the expense of Big E. If if sure. I'm making sense with what I'm saying here. Yeah, I think I, I think I I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the Chad Gable thing seems like uh, Chad is gaslighting Otis, which gives him a pretty convenient out. Um, I'm not <clears throat> not interested in that at all. Uh, the one thing that I am interested in about the Apollo Crews heel turn is what was it? Two or three weeks ago, we saw him in the back with Roman. Sure. Did they ever pay yeah. that off? Because there was a week of SmackDown that I had missed. No. They, did they? They didn't pay that off. So they. No. This may be building to something with him and Roman and 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 expanding that faction. That interests me. I don't know that that's necessarily a a good move long term, but. I think it's it's interesting if nothing else. So um, I, I'm I'm curious if they ever go back and revisit that, or maybe maybe that meeting is what planted the seed for Apollo's mean streak to come out. That might be cool, but they've got to pay that off in some sort of like actual way on the show, and not just yeah. have that be sort of an implied thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's been kind of a story they've been running on uh, Talking Smack. Uh, Apollo was actually on the, it was the first guest this week on Talking Smack. And uh, Paul Heyman is doing basically on Talking Smack, uh, just being in the ear of anybody that's down on their luck and needs a character change. Okay. And so that, I think that's where that's headed. But I agree. I, mean, I, th- it, I think that would give uh, Roman Roman's faction the heavy that neither of the Usos is going to give them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I definitely think that that's 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 an interesting plot thread. However, I do feel like pointing out that you've got Paul Heyman, who's sort of the oh god, what was that uh, character in Lord of the Rings that um, oh, worm tongue? Yeah, agree. He's he's <laughs> kind of got a Grima worm tongue thing going on. Yeah. But then you've also got the fiend, who literally, when he wrestles someone, they seem to change. You know, like there's there's like a fundamental shift in yeah. the character, which is more sort of supernaturally angled, which I think is is also uh, interesting. Like it's it's interesting to have those two things running in tandem, though we haven't seen the fiend in a while, so who knows what's happening there? Uh, I, one thing with Roman's faction that I think might become a thing potentially at Elimination Chamber is, and I just thought of this today, uh, Seth Rollins. You know, you got Roman, who is the head of the table. Seth sure. Rollins wants you to embrace the truth. I could see those guys kind of, you know, obviously you got the history with those two. They're both heels. They're on the same show. And you got to think about it, too. Rollins has been, a, you know, going after Cesaro the last two weeks. Cesaro's in the chamber that could face Roman. And to me, he's the favorite to win in my eyes. I don't want no offense, Shawnee. I don't want to see KO again. But uh <laughs> I think Cesaro's, he's getting a lot of momentum. I think he's the favorite to face Roman at the chamber. And I think I could see Seth helping Roman beat Cesaro. And then maybe that becomes a thing. Yeah, I've long wanted the uh, the sort of DC 1970s Super Friends Legion of Doom thing to happen in WWE and I think that you have the the makings for it here um, just like you said I think that you can't have a show with I would be shocked if you if you have an entire run of Seth Rollins as this new sort of cult slash politician figure not run into 
the head of the table. So you'd think there would be some sort of deal would have to be brokered. Right. But, right. But again, do they have the long-term planning ability in WWE? We've right. the, the, the backstage rumors have been so up and down over the, I, I thought two weeks ago was the best SmackDown that I've watched in the modern era. And yet the reports were coming out that behind the scenes, people were as angry and disgusted with everything as they'd ever been. So it's, it's very, very strange. But I do love this idea of sort of um, uh, an evil faction coming together, forcing the faces to to work together. And, you know, you just you, you create social political dynamics that we don't get because of the slapdash nature of the show for the last several years. And so that's something I would really like to see. And I've always said, I mean, I'm obviously a huge mark for a sweet darling baby face, Kevin Owens, but Cesaro should never be out of a title picture. He never should have ever been out of a title picture. And Mm -hmm. especially now where it sounds like, I guess his contract is, is coming up. Um, Boy, what a like what a what a interesting web is weaved with these these where you get a big push when your contract's coming up, but we've right. we've seen several times where you sign the contract, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. So mm-hmm. it's very dicey going into into uh WrestleMania season this year. But I do think I do lo- okay, so when you look at Sammy, Kevin, um uh, Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Big E, like the the baby faces are more exciting to me than they've ever been in WWE. I mean, since the 80s, uh, when I was a kid and was receptive to baby faces because I was, you know, um, a mark. Uh, I'm a different <laughs> I'm a smart mark now, and you have to trick me a little little harder. And uh yeah. they're they're doing it finally. So I, I do think it's gonna be exciting going into WrestleMania this year, but I think the summer between between the writing being weird and the constant clashes between Vince McMahon's edicts and, um, and, and staff and the fact that the world will start to be opening up a little bit, it's going to, I, I sure hope that wrestling is going to start to really get fun again this year. And so far I do like the way everything's work, working together uh, across the entire landscape. Here's here's one of the things that really confuses me about WWE, especially because you've got AEW and New Japan and Impact all working together as sort of this big sort of collaborative, um, you know, rising of indie stars to the mainstream, right? And WWE has that same ability to tell that same story with the talent that they already have. You mean to tell me if you put Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, and uh you know uh kevin owens into a faction together that's ring of honor 2007 right. uh, why why would you not do that like right. what, you know if you have the opportunity to do that now that's hugely marketable don't call it of course fucking ring of honor 2007 <laughs> <laughs> call it something call be a little bit more creative with it but sure. sell a million t-shirts but like you 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 have all of those guys who are now on the same show and on the same side and if this is the story that AEW is going to be telling, the the sort of culmination of the the clash of the Bullet Club, you know, Japan versus America, it's a very compelling yeah. storyline. You can get some of those same storylines by positioning your talent respective to their history. The fact right. that WWE does not does not like acknowledge anything outside their own borders is going to be the thing that seriously bites them in the ass in the next four or five years as AEW and WWE get more and more competitive. 
Well, and, and and this isn't a knock necessarily on Roman and Drew, but not only do they, those four guys that you mentioned have a history, but those are four guys who are consistently the favorites on wrestling or on wrestling social media, right? Yep. But never get the push that people want them to see, right? Yes. Never right. A, a cons- so there's your angle totally. right there. Right. And this isn't a knock on Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, like they don't deserve to be on the top. Right. But you got those four guys using that angle of we are the guys that people want to see. And for some reason, this company don't doesn't want to see us there. We're going to put ourselves there. There's your angle for this, that faction right there. And that would get over so easily. But I would like to see that with a live audience. Yes. And I know, I I I know, obviously pandemic, whatever, but. I would like to see that with a live audience. Yeah, it would work out way. It would work out way better if you had a live audience versus an internet audience to to play yes. off of. Yes, that was the angle you were going for. All right, well, that's going to finish off our second round, and uh, we have a tied score between Nate and Justin and Shawnee. Uh, with yet to get on the board with any points, which means you will kick off the third and final round of this week's one fall show as we go to the news and notes around the ring. For our first question, uh, what former WWE women's tag champion was denied the opportunity to return to her old stomping grounds in stardom this week by the WWE? Oh, no. I know the answer to this, but I'm not going to be able to pull it from the depths of my memory. Is it, uh, is it, is, uh, uh, is it Kyrie Sane? It is Kyrie Sane. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. <laughs> Well done. (laughs) Uh, This question is uh, kind of ironic considering we were just talking about how WWE isn't really working with uh, other companies. In fact, Kenny Omega said in a recent interview that he has had conversations with Triple H, not so much about working with NXT, but about the fact that uh, it sounds like even Triple H understands that you got to kind of work with other companies to give the fans what they want. Um, Do you guys have anything else to say on this particular um, topic or should we just move on? incredibly stupid that she wasn't allowed to wrestle in stardom right like she she essentially has been labeled an ambassador and then told that you can't ambassad um yeah. I, I don't i don't get it whatsoever it's stupid it's part of this whole you can't mention anything on social media in fact all your social media belong to us um it's it's the corporate end of things that uh for whatever reason vince mcmahon continues to get wrong and it impacts the product in a negative way yeah well and i think too at some point you know with aew doing this with impact in new japan you at some point down the road you need to embrace that that is the way that the wrestling industry is going right because if you have your competition of AEW having this relationship where anybody can show up it adds the unpredictability of matches who shows up and you guys are limited on your roster right so there's only so many matches you can put on there's only so many people who's going to show up and you know for surprises and such that is going to hurt in the long run. It may not hurt within the next year, maybe not even two, right? But at some point, they're going to have to give in. This is the way the wrestling industry is going. And if I have AEW, who anybody can show up from three different promotions, and WWE, I got this list of superstars who are going to show up on the show every single week. I'm going to get bored of that, and I'm going to you know, want to show up to AEW 
more often than WWE. So they're going to have to give in. And it's Vince McMahon again, out of touch, right? I think Triple H would get that. I think Triple H would understand that, right? You're talking about Triple H, who was part of DX showing up on WCW, right? So he gets it. Vince doesn't. So I, you know, again, we've said it before over and over. Once Triple H is able to really take over there, that's when things will, you know, potentially, if it's not too late, start to say, see things go the way it should. It's certainly way more impactful when somebody shows up on AEW from like impact wrestling than right. it is when someone on SmackDown shows up on raw. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pool of wrestling fans is about two to two and a half million people. That's the total, that's the whole pie. Right. And you, when you compare that to the ratings that raw used to pull in, in like 1999, you have to wonder What's the difference here? The difference was that there was a company that was actually legitimately competing with WWE that WWE was trying to compete against as well. And like a whetstone, it sharpened their blade. It sharpened their entertainment senses to a finely honed point. Domination is fucking boring. When you dominate your competition, it's boring. Because it, it, there's there's no incentive to keep watching. Yeah, we get it. You win. Big deal. You know, it's it's the idea that, oh, okay, AEW can come in and sneak away some viewers from WWE, and WWE is going to have to get more creative. That hasn't happened yet. But, you know, I think Justin was exactly right. Triple H learned this lesson by driving right up to the doors of WCW. And honestly, WCW made their dumbest move in maybe their company's entire history by closing the doors. What they should have done was they should have been, all right, come in. Let's see what you got. Yeah. What are you going to do now? That exactly. That makes it way, way, way more interesting. And I think Triple H somewhere in his head knows that. I don't think Vince cares because all Vince cares about is look at all the things that I've won and all the things that are mine. You know, he just wants to lord over it like an old king. Um, it, it's 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 honestly kind of sad because you know it, it, the it, it's it's not it's not that there's a lack of creativity in WWE. There's a ton of creativity in WWE. There's a wall that blocks the majority of that creativity before it's it can start going anywhere but he he's very entertained by a certain set of things and if you play to those he'll make it happen you'll get your spot on tv um it is maybe the worst way imaginable to run an entertainment property period like full stop not just wrestling not just television a entertainment business it is the worst possible thing that they could do and i think uh, uh, listen, uh, whenever Vince decides to either sell this thing to NBC or if he eventually ends up dying or whatever it is, Triple H is the only guy, the only guy who can step into that role and and is primed for that. Like, I don't want to hear Shane is trying to, uh, ex you know, assert his authority. Triple H is the fucking guy. And he, you know, I think everyone knows that everyone who watches the product knows that. You know, when he's 
in the director's chair for a SmackDown, it makes a difference. You can feel like you can feel the quality go up. You know, uh, I, I think, Shawnee, you had mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago was like your favorite SmackDown that you've ever watched in the modern era. It's because Vince wasn't there. Triple H was there. He was right. directing. He was calling shots. Vince was not there. And Vince is making the additional corporate blunders of not paying people and, uh, you know, what they're worth and not giving people opportunities to advance from within. Um, to me, that's a very alarming sign and shows that they are probably getting ready to sell the entire company. That's that's the only thing that I can think. You're you're posting record profits and you're making that public knowledge, and then you're telling the people who work for you that you're freezing any opportunity to advance in the company. That, to me, says you're getting ready to offload this thing onto someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're buying, and that's probably going to be NBC. Wow. Can you can you imagine the collective groan of the internet wrestling community if, if this were to come to pass and the name that came up instead of uh, Paul Levesque was uh, friggin' Bruce Pritchard? Oh man, don't do that. We'd all be like, no, don't do that. And listen, if it is, if it is Paul Levesque, I beg you, the first thing you need to do is fire Kevin Dunn. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shawnee, let's move on to the second question for two points. What uh, home of WrestleMania's four and five in Atlantic city, New Jersey was torn down this week. That uh, the bankrupt Trump casino. Uh, yeah, there, there's a specific name for it. I'm looking for. Oh no, I don't know. Uh, okay, I, he's bankrupted so many things. I don't know what. Uh, it's yeah, it's what hard. Are called. <laughs> it's hard really to uh, to figure out what he named this particular one. Uh, let's move this question over to uh, Justin. Justin, what uh, what's the name I'm looking for? Um, I wasn't alive for WrestleMania, those WrestleManias, and uh, I know the reference. I can't think of the name. I can't do it. I can't do it. You absolute baby. Nate, what's the name of the place in Atlantic City, New Jersey, home of WrestleMania 4 and 5 that was torn down this week? I have spent many a vacation there myself, Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm lying about that. I wouldn't go there. I was so so confused. <laughs> I had a weird childhood. Right, yeah, right. He was, he was young and he didn't have any uh, actual say on where they were going. Yeah, right. I actually am probably the only person in this room who's been to Trump Plaza. Thank you very much for WrestleMania 5. And uh, I, I think it's a testament to how well they could dress that place up, that it was a total shithole and a naive little child me thought it was the coolest looking thing I'd ever seen. Oh, no, it was the best. The best casino ever made. It was it was the best resort. Everything's the best, Chuck. It was the best. Yeah. It was the best. <laughs> and that's why it's gone. I, I, didn't, well. I didn't. Listen, I didn't know you you got to see the mega powers explode in person. That's pretty cool. I did. Yeah, that's it's, uh, that's. I'm I've impressed. got a whole scrapbook of it. I won a contest for USA Today. Oh, shit. Like, that was my first WrestleMania experience. Damn. It was fantastic. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, Nate. Well, you've got an opportunity to close out the third round for this week's One Fall Show. The question, uh, while this week's Impact Wrestling episode drew its highest numbers so far this year, thanks to New Japan's Finjuice appearing, what AEW superstar was supposed to be in the most recently taped episodes 
But according to Slam Wrestling and PW Insider, after leaving their faction uh, a few weeks ago on Dynamite, didn't show up for tapings. That would be the Spanish god, Sammy Guevara. Yes. Yes, uh, it would be. Um, are you guys familiar with this story? Yeah, I, I actually I tried to look a little bit more into this to try to figure out like what exactly was the thing that he didn't like about this. And so far, there's not even a, a hint. There's not even a sniff of a rumor of what the like, I think it was um, the only thing that they put out there was that it was going to be like uh, a back and forth. He was going to lose one and then win one. Um, there was there was another rumor that he was going to make off with the X Division championship, which I think uh, ended up not being true at all. Um, so I'm I'm really curious to know what was thrown out there that Sammy went nah, fuck this, and and put the brakes on for. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I want to say, listen, I want to say that Sammy Guevara may have overreacted, but this is impact we're talking about. Like, you know, there was the, the whole wedding assassination and uh, the guy uh, fighting against himself uh, you know, like the, the, the impact impact is, is wrestling purgatory. So, you know, I can understand if, if when Sammy got there, they went, uh, so this is what we're doing. And Sammy was like, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I need more information to know whose side I would, I would end up falling on. Um, but you know, uh, I don't think that this is going to sour the relationship between Impact and AEW uh, a bit. Uh, Impact, frankly, needs AEW. Uh, right. Their stars could go there and take a shit in the middle of the ring. And, uh, you know, Don Callis should say, thank you very much for showing up. Um, you know, where should I put this? Uh, you know, I, 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 I just in the closet I, next to the P. Right. <laughs> Like it's, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, it's impact. Like it, it, there's I, 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 most of my inclination goes to side with Sammy Guevara, but you never know until you actually know. Well, yeah, you can't, I mean, like you just said, you can't, you don't know the full story, but the one thing I'll say, even though, yes, it is impact it is, without knowing anything, I am siding against Sammy Guevara on this uh, for the reason of, AEW is telling a big story right now when it comes to the crossover and them and, you know, Tony Khan showing up and taking over impact these paid ads and my guys are going to come over and this, that, and whatever. And this was just a guy like Sammy Guevara, nothing against Matt Hardy and private party, but a guy like Sammy Guevara showing up, you know, on impact and putting on some damn good matches is a big step forward in the progression of this story that they're telling with this crossover. And for whatever reason, again, without knowing anything too much, he decided not to show up. I get it impacts impact, but this is a huge story that AEW is relying on right now and their competition with WWE and Sammy Guevara just slapped that right in the face and that is not a good move. Again, I say that without knowing any details, but right now that's where I stand. It had to be bad. If if because Sammy Guevara got in trouble for you know the shit that he said on a podcast years ago, right? And he injured Matt Hardy. He's had heat inside the company. Like if it, if he turned this down, I I have to imagine it had to be really bad. The word was that uh, Chris Jericho had come up with the idea and signed off on it. 
So how bad could it? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Chris Jericho. <laughs> I don't know. Ask uh, his wife. To be fair, I do. <laughs> to be fair, Good I think point. that Chris Jericho hit, you know, he's like a he's like a power hitter in baseball, right? Like he hits grand slams and then just whiffs and then throws his own back out. Uh, so right. who knows? I, it, it's very interesting. I do wish we had more information because the way it came out, at you know, it sounded at first like there was going to be heat within AEW, and then within 24 hours, they're like, no, there really isn't any heat, and the story sort of died off. And it is one of those sort of fascinating little stories that we hardcore professional wrestling fans love to dissect. I wish we did have that information, but since we don't, it's just sort of a blip. It'll sure. be a shoot interview in about 10 years. Yes. Yep. I'll give it three. <laughs> <laughs> all right well let me quickly uh round up the points here but i believe we've got nate in a solid lead with uh 11 points justin you've got uh six and shawnee you're sitting at one as we move into our final fall uh this week's final fall will be something a little different than what we've done in the past as we move into the elimination chamber uh Tonight's event is the latest variation on the steel cage match and the first one taking place 19 years ago. There have been 26 elimination chamber matches since then. Now I've chosen a few of them and I'm going to give you a couple of the participants. And then for five points each, I want you to name the winner of that year's elimination chamber. We'll start with the person with the lowest points, Sean, and then we'll uh, move up through the ranks as we go through these uh, five or six elimination chambers. Y'all ready for this? Sure. sure, I guess. All right. So, Sean, the first elimination chamber happened at Survivor Series November 17th, 2002. Uh, a couple of the people that competed in it included Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho, and Shawn Michaels. Can you give me the person who won that particular elimination chamber? I should, um, no, I cannot. Okay. I'll give Justin an opportunity at this one. Uh, Shawn Michaels won that one. Yes, he did. That's fine. With the horrible brown tights. With Yeah, those were some awful, awful tights. Brown tights? How come I'm remembering brown tights? Oh, he had the horrible haircut and the brown tights? I'm the haircut sure that, was horrible. Yeah. No, the brown tights were even worse. I got to look it up. I'm not remembering that much. All right, Nate, you've got the next opportunity. We'll move on to August 24th, 2003. The second elimination chamber, which happened at a SummerSlam, included uh, participants such as Triple H, Kevin Nash, and Goldberg. Who won that one? Uh, was that Triple H? That's correct. Yeah. For five points there. Uh, let me put that in your score. And uh, we'll move back to Shawnee. For our next uh, our next elimination chamber we're talking about, let's see, I've got this one here. Uh, a couple years later, ECW held an elimination chamber at December to Dismember. Oh, two, God. 2006 is <laughs> uh, the only ECW elimination chamber there was. Uh, participants included CM Punk, Hardcore Holly, and Bobby Lashley. Shawnee, who won that one? Uh, was it Phil? It was not Phil, oh, unfortunately. Uh, Justin, you've got a shot at this one. Another person that was in this one, Test. Oh, rest in peace, Test. Um, <laughs> I'm between two people. Was it Bobby Lashley? It was Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Five points on the board for Justin. By the way, my favorite Twitter account is Is Test Dead, which every day just tweets yes. Oh, Jesus. That's wow. Hell. <laughs> wow. 
All right, Nate, we'll move forward uh, quite a few years to February 19th, 2012. By then, Elimination Chamber had its own pay-per-view. And at that particular one, the World Heavyweight Championship was on the line when Cody Rhodes, the great Kali, and Daniel Bryan were all in an Elimination Chamber. Who won that one? Give me a yes, 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 Daniel Bryan. Yep, that's true. Daniel Bryan winning that one. So that uh, I believe I've got a tie score between you and Justin right now. Well, not now. Now you're you're up by five. So let's uh, let's go on back to Shawnee for our next elimination chamber that we're visiting in our uh, our history here. Going to um, May thirty first, two thousand and fifteen. The only time the Intercontinental Title was on the line in an elimination chamber that included such participants as King Barrett, Our Truth, and Ryback. Who won that match? Oh, oh, was it Ryback? It was Ryback. <laughs> it was like the one moment in time when he was actually doing something. And then, oh, man, not a fan of Ryback, Chuck. No, that's what he keeps bragging about on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> the one time was... Okay. And uh, I've got one more elimination chamber here. We'll move it over to uh, Justin for this one. This one is about the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, which was originally crowned in a match that had no tags in it. That's right, an elimination right. chamber. Participants in this match included the Iconics, the Riot Squad, and Bailey and Sasha Banks. Who won this match in 2019? Was it Sasha Banks and Bailey? That's right, it was. That means we have a tie score between Justin and Nate. For 21, uh, 21 points apiece, which means we're, co we're co-champions. <laughs> no, I Listen, refuse. No, this is fantastic. No, no. This I'm, is not, I'm not. I'm not relinquishing the belt in, unless Erica signs off on this score. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shawnee's been little, you know, shady towards me. I haven't been able to figure that out. But now, Nate, you and I can really come together. I'm so excited about this. This is going to be great. I mean, this is a friendship that I think we can grow on. Um, you know, differences in the past. I get it. I'm excited, man. We're, we're going we're, we're gonna to have some fun. We'll think of a name. I it's going to be great. So much. I can't wait. <laughs> Well, much like NXT's uh, TakeOver Vengeance Day, this week's one fall show, ending with a bit of uh, chaos. We'll have to figure out how this works when we get to next week's this one. Is Can great. I super kick Justin? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I mean, no. This and then is brain buster him on the steps? <laughs> uh, Shawnee, I'll give you 60 seconds on the clock. Is there anything you'd like to say as we end this week's one fall show? Well, seems like uh, things are back to normal. I'm having a hard time keeping in the game, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm still holding this belt. I, I refuse to give up this belt until Erica that, that signs off to on this Nate, score. Sir. You can, uh, you guys can discuss how you're going to handle it. If in fact, Erica does decide that you get the belt, but, uh, in the meantime, Nate, I hope you enjoy babysitting this kid. Uh, he's a little rambunctious. He uh, needs to take a lot of pee breaks, but he's generally a good kid. And, uh, I hope you have fun next time you go to uh, um, um, Atlantic City. <laughs> All right, uh, Justin, 60 seconds on the clock. Anything we uh, missed this week you'd like to talk about? Well, first off, I'm really looking forward to the uh, week of planning and hanging out with Nate. You best buddies for life. We got it, man. I'm, I'm excited. Um, so a couple things. Number one. 
is uh, I ju- I'm just hearing Keith Lee is being pulled out of Elimination Chamber. Uh, no word why. I hope he's okay. Oh, but- this is bad news because Wrestle Talk had mentioned that yeah. there was word behind that Vince McMahon sees no spark in Keith Lee, and there was fear he would be pulled from this match. Yeah, right. And what's and what the bad part is is I thought this would be uh, you could steal the the show tonight with Riddle, Keith Lee, and Bobby Lashley. Uh, there might be a replacement. It sounds like there is, but we don't know who yet. Um, hope he's okay and hope whatever is going on there. Um, and one thing I want to throw out there is Zach Ryder. I don't know if you guys saw this, but WWE on Fox did what they do in sports, and that is build your team mm-hmm. with a certain amount of money, five dollar, you know, and one dollar. And Zach Ryder used that as a, an attempt to. And so did Kurt Hawkins, by the way, to uh, call out WWE. What an asshole thing to tweet, blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Shut up. They do this in every sport. Know your facts. Know that what's going on here before you run your mouth, before you try to just take a shot at your former company. Plus, you are. And if we're going to take shots, you're not nearly relevant enough to be taking shots at the WWE. They don't miss you. WWE fans don't miss you in the company. Stop it. And this made no sense. They were trying to back Natalia because she was only a dollar on there. It's if you're on the if you're on the post, you're relevant. End of story. They do this with every sport. Build your team with X amount of money, and everyone costs a certain amount of money. It was about it was about title reigns, right? Natalia doesn't have a lot of title reigns in 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 character. She's great. She's been around forever. She doesn't have a lot of title reigns, so she's only a dollar. Leave it at that. For someone who's been in, in professional wrestling her entire life, the fact that she doesn't understand that the the actual thing is selling merch, that's where your value is, is I think mind-boggling, was- right? She's like, I've been training so hard. I should be the champion. Well, it's not a shoot sport, Natalia. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. The, the okay. idea is selling tickets and T-shirts. What what is What is Natalia's last name? Hart, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So she's related to Bret Hart, which means that, you know, if anyone's going to take this fucking shit too seriously, it's going to be Natalia. The second thing is, is honestly, when I saw that, I thought she was working. I thought she was in character. And uh, well, I, I'm, I'm talking about Zack Ryder and Kurt. Yeah, no, and I was I was just going to get to those two chuckle fucks because, it, you know, <laughs> N- Natalia being in character and being offended uh, at that is is one thing, you know, yes. again, that's 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 working. Right. Yes. Uh, what the fuck does Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins ha- like? Again, they have no they've got no dog in this fight. They need to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. honestly, uh, be listen, Kurt Hawkins needs to uh, fucking thank the ground that impact allows him to walk on. Uh, and I don't even know what Matt Cardona is doing these days anyway, outside of taking indie bookings. So, you know, maybe just shut the fuck up a little bit. It's fascinating to watch that uh, Nate and Justin tied and won this week, and already they're on the same page about that. No, no, shut up. Shut the fuck up, Chuck. No, shut up. We're already agreeing. We're already on the same page. No. Good job, buddy. No. You got this. No. Great job, buddy. No. Looking forward (laughs) to next week. 
Nate, I'll give you 60 seconds on the clock if there's anything you'd like to cover before we take off. Uh, listen, I think that I should have gotten an additional point for naming Yuka Sakazaki uh, uh, in that goddamn godforsaken women's world elimination tournament, tournament or whatever. Um, but that's neither here nor there because the 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 loss that I suffered two weeks ago is a it, that is fake news. That's a false loss that the the cards were stacked against me, and I have the Completely evidence agree. to prove it. Completely. Agree. All right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing about that next week. You've got a whole bunch of reasons to tune into next week's One Fall Show. Before we get there, though, Nate, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter and, of course, streaming live over at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio, uh, where I you can find me live on uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Shawnee, how about you? Find me on Twitter at Shawnee Constant and at One Fall Show. I'm running the Twitter account over there. And you can find me on the Talk Horror to Me podcast with Mr. Chuck Bean and our friend Elizabeth. Uh, Justin, where can people find you online except for other podcasts? <laughs> uh, all over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk, JVSportsTalk.com. And the JV Sports Talk pay per view pod Elimination Chamber episode just came out. Uh, and the next episode will actually have my best buddy Nate Bender on it with Erica uh, ahead of AEW Revolution, which comes out uh, the first weekend of March. You plugging monster. My name <laughs> is Chuck Bean. You can find me Saturdays from 3 to 7 on 101 WRIF. Of Shawnee mentioned, you can find me with him on the Talk Horror to Me podcast. You can find me also on the Nerd Radio podcast on WRIF.com. Elimination Chamber is mere hours away from this recording. I'm sure by the time you've heard it, it's happened. But if you haven't checked it out yet, watch some wrestling this week, man. And there's so much good stuff to see. There's a lot of bad stuff, too. But I'm sure you can find something that you enjoy. We'll talk to you next week with the One Fall Show. All right, so do we think we get the Fiend tonight? And yeah, is I, thumbs up or thumbs down to that? Oh, I hope so. I, I also hope that Retribution, has, uh, like Mustafa Ali does something to cost Kofi his, you know, his Elimination Chamber spot. I think, I mean, I could see them breaking into the chamber. I mean, you got a group like that, so you can, you know, bully the referee and get the key or break the door open, whatever I could just come out with chainsaws. Like he did year months ago. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, that's when they were still wearing balaclavas, not Bane masks. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, I don't know if we get the fiend in person. I, th I hope we at least get a new look fiend, maybe just on the monitor or something. Um, I don't know if we get them in person yet, although probably because I could definitely see them turning the lights off back on and he's like in a pot or something you oh, know that would be good because they got the, under, the under lighting you look right, so creepy and, right and then you have the uh you know the mystery of how did he get into the chamber but it yeah. needs to be a new look fiend if it's not a new look fiend after the whole body got burned it makes absolutely no sense where, where it is that um tom savini has been working on new uh new, cool. new stuff Sweet. you know he's the artist that uh yeah, great, the, the, the great special effects mask. artist that created yeah. the mask. So, Nobody's and it would make sense because the raw, uh, the raw chamber match is like worthless. <laughs> it playing out as just a match is 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 nonsense, right? I mean, like, there's really you, you, right. You know, you know, you got Drew and Sheamus at Fastlane for the title. You yeah. know, no matter who yeah, wins the match yeah. tonight, yeah. but I don't know who the hell Drew's going to face at WrestleMania. I can't come up with anything. Because Edge is facing Roman, or needs to be. I don't know who that leaves for Drew for WrestleMania that he hasn't already faced. Unless you know, and, and which makes me worried that they're going to bring Brock Lesnar back. <laughs>
Ugh. or a rematch. Ugh. Because I don't know who else on the roster right now is. I mean, like, you should drag Sheamus out all the way to, to Mania. I don't you know. Could. That's a, I mean, I guess. I don't love I, it. I'm I, not a Sheamus guy, though. I mean, this, yeah. this I think, is certainly a, a match that puts a spotlight on Sheamus in a positive way, even for someone like me who doesn't particularly care for Sheamus. I think whether or not it's got that kind of staying power, I don't know. You yeah. were talking earlier about how uh, AEW now can draw from all these people, and then WWE has this tiny little roster. Basically, what they're doing is they're hoping that people who have broken their necks in the past get better enough to wrestle. <laughs> to create a pop. Hey, it's a call every day. You good? No, they're, they're okay. just—they're really no, banking fuck. on that spinal fusion surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, For some man, reason, no. Test isn't returning their calls. They, can't <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they need me, to, you know what? Let me they check need Twitter. To subscribe to is Test oh, dead? No. Oh no, yes, he's he still is. dead. Damn it! Yes, okay. that explains it. That would that would help them. That's a, yeah. that's a helpful tool. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I don't know, but it's like I don't. It's not a good. I mean, it's always good to have a mystery of like who's he gonna face. I don't know, but like it's not in a good way. I don't even have options. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, if my options are Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, or Sheamus, oh, I guess I'll take Sheamus. Sheamus. Yeah, yeah. probably gonna get Goldberg. <laughs> right, and, right, right. Right. I think I bet you we get Goldberg and Brock in a triple threat match with Drew. Uh, that's it's just getting worse. Or Undertaker, oh, throw Taker in there, fatal four way. Oh. Maybe we do an elimination <laughs> chamber, right? You do Drew, Goldberg, Brock, Kane, Undertaker, Big Show. No, well, now I'm depressed. There you go. Oh, Jesus. Or fuck it. Forget Big Show. Put Gilbert in there. You know, yeah. something. Right? <laughs> Spice it up a little bit. You know, I mean, Tully Blanchard's going to be in a match next week. Why the fuck not? You know, 61-year-old Sting took a powerbomb from Brian. Oh, yeah. And we then crossed his that. eyes. And then crossed his eyes while he looked at the camera overhead. <laughs> God damn it. Like, like you just, you, you took the biggest star in your company. You actually made him take a bump that he didn't really need to take. And then the announcers didn't even sell it. Like it was some earth shattering thing. They were just like, up oh, on to the next segment. That's but everything in AEW with that damn announced team. I'm sick of them, man. They ruin every moment. They don't sell shit. Like, Not even when Kenta shows up and they're just like, who's that? Oh, it's Kenta. Yeah. Hey, you know, Kenta, right? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like there's no like, holy shit. Kenta's here from new Japan. Like so, that's what Michael Cole sells the shit out of everything. Sometimes too much, but he actually sells it. Jim Ross used to, and now this fucking AEW team doesn't know how to sell anything. No, you know, you know, you know who knows how to sell on on an announced team, Mauro Ranallo. Oh he's shit! Ma- yeah, he's maybe the best out of out of like all the modern commentators. He's like, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Or you could be like Corey Graves and just yell, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> At everything. If there's one good thing I'll say about WWE Battlegrounds, it's having Mauro Ronello uh, commentating on. The- I'm not a Mauro guy. I'm sorry, guys. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you can stay on Nate's team. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm a Mauro guy. So yeah. oh, it's okay. We can agree to disagree, buddy. The it's factions okay, are shifting right before our eyes. <laughs> I did have a, a tiebreaker, but uh, the tie came together so organically and you guys played it so well that I just left it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That was funny. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I think yeah, this is yeah. going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> funny bits.
How you doing over there, Shawnee? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Quiet today. Yeah, I, I I forgot my meds last night, so I took them late, and so I'm all itchy. Oh, shit. But Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll be good. I'll be good. Let's keep cranking that Danhausen theme. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs>